Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. It is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are going to be taking a little bit of a turn. Uh, Anybody who is a frequent listener of the podcast knows very well that um, I'm very, very enamored with the music of downtown New York City Maverick composer John Zorn and have been for the last 23 years. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, he's taken up a very special period of time in my life, um, and continues to. And this guy is like an ever-changing orb that just changes forms. And, um, he's a musical shapeshifter in a way, because he, the minute you think you've got him pegged, he's doing seven different other things and going in seven different directions simultaneously. Um... And if you're unfamiliar with the music of John Zorn and you'd like to learn a little bit more about him, um, then you can go check out all the other special spotlights that are listed here in our catalog at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Now, this episode is dedicated to one of his more recent projects, and that is the John Zorn Bagatelles. And a little bit, I mean, we're going to be talking a little bit more about it. Uh, But for those of you who were familiar with the Masada Book 2, the Book of Angels, and Masada Book 3, the Book of Bariah, the format that John Zorn used was to write a book of tunes and then to spread that out through multiple performing and improvisational groups. Um, And that resulted in, I believe, 32 CDs, albums for the Book of Angels and 11 uh, CDs for the Book of Bariah. So with this installment, The Bagatelles, it is not so much written... um, with the whole radical Jewish culture being the the theme of the forefront. What seems to be the the focus, musically speaking, is kind of this atonal type of music. Uh, but then, don't worry, it's not just noise. So, that's interesting. And we're going to, like I said, really delve into this sort of thing and um, I'm just going to give you like a little backstory here. So from March into May, that's just three months. March to May 2015, John Zorn composed 300, that's right, 300 new tunes that were eventually collected into a book of music he called The Bagatelles. After five years of performances around the world in venues large and small, the choicest ensembles 
have gone into the studio and the recordings are finally being made available in a series of limited limited edition four CD box sets. Each set will present four ensembles performing a unique program of John Zorn's Bagatelles. Now, I'm sitting here next to you uh, with this microphone with all four box sets that have come out so far. So, what that means is we're in for a treat because it's not our typical 12-track format. That would be unfair to four artists. So, we have got four boxes here full of four CD sets each and that's 16 artists that we're going to be hearing from and they're all different which is fantastic so sit back relax grab a beverage and let's delve into the world of John Zorn's Bagatelles here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast enjoy
So that is a snapshot of the very first of four box sets containing uh, the John Zorn Bagatelles Volume 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, it's in this beautiful... Let me talk about this first. It's in these beautiful, almost like shadow box, clamshell um, sort of things. And it's four digipack CDs that's in this cardboard, like fabric kind of shadow box clamshell set and then on top of that and they come in four different colors the first one is in red the second one is in green the third one is in brownish gold amber and the fourth one is like a periwinkle purple and they're all embossed with this script b on the front or the top of the box and it's just gorgeous i mean that's the one thing i have to say that is a recurring theme that i must must point out because I see these little debates all the time, like, who actually buys CDs anymore? Well, a lot of people. A lot of people do. And with John Zorn, let me just say that, that Zodic Records, John Zorn's record label, has partnered with uh, Limited Run, and you truly get what you pay for when you buy a Zorn product. Because what you get is care and intentionality within the presentation. And that does not always happen with all artists. Uh, the, music, the music is the focus solely, and someone else picks out like the cover or the picture or the box set or whatever, or the digipack. And you know, the main thing for a lot of musicians uh, is just the music and making sure the credits are correct. With Zorn, he wants to be in total control. And that's not a bad thing, because he has exquisite taste. Um, and it's, it's, it's very heartwarming to see someone still take care in the presentation uh, just as much as the music. So just understand that if you buy something through like Limited Run of John Zorn's, or anything from Zodic for that matter, you're going to get uh, in some incredible packaging on top of some incredible music. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Now, before we get into the um, info for each of these artists that we just heard, I want to read um, the card that's in each one of these Bagatelle box sets. And it's got a picture of John Zorn in black and white on one side, and on the other side it, it reads, and this is a note from Zorn himself, it reads, On the Bagatelles. The range of my catalog is quite wide, containing an almost unprecedented variety of works for different ensembles and musicians in a myriad of styles, classical, jazz, rock, improvisation, and all the aggregates in between. Although at times the pieces are large in scope, my preference is to work small, 
short, concentrated pieces written for intimate chamber units where musicians can relate, express, communicate, hear, and be heard. For me, music is about people, not spectacle. Many of my favorite artists work small. Klee, Vermeer, Van Gogh, Ceylon, Joseph Cornell, Heraclitus, Chiran, Wittgenstein, Borges, Webern, and Verres all produced beautiful, kaleidoscopic works of great focus filled with meticulous detail and magical intensity. These are profoundly deep worlds filled with humanity, imagination, mystery, and an artistic integrity that easily overpowers the largest Hollywood blockbuster. When I am lost, confused, or depressed, this is where I turn to find meaning and spiritual healing. The 300 pieces that make up the Bagatelles are some of the most abstract music in my catalog and are similar to the 613 compositions in the three books of Masada material, but devoid of any particular cultural or extra-musical subtext. Written in a whirlwind of creative activity from March to May of 2015, these short concentrated pieces are jam-packed with musical information and are designed to provide a platform for the creative improviser to inspire them to play their very best. Creating short-form works that have the power and depth to inspire, engage, and challenge an improviser is a unique art that I've always had a great appreciation, affinity, and affection for. Balance is paramount in, the comp in their composition. Too much material and the player's individual voice can be stifled. Not enough, and the piece falls flat. Distinguished by an intricate lyricism and filled with tuplets of varying groupings and unusual intervallic relationships, the language of this particular book of music is largely, but not exclusively, atonal. The pieces are complex, quirky, and can be performed by a variety of ensembles and musicians as the instrumentation is left open. One of the motivations in composing the Bagatelles was to bring my classical language to the improvising musicians of the downtown scene. Between the 20th century and now, thriving in the 21st, this is a community that has developed a new kind of musicianship and has mastered an unprecedented range of skills. They can improvise, swing, shred, make noise, compose, arrange, organize, and can also read highly complex notation. They have great focus, discipline, imagination, and most important of all, share a deep curiosity, a love of challenge, and have truly open minds. They come from a wide variety of backgrounds, but have no problem working together as a team to realize a singular compositional vision. It is truly a pleasure to compose music that fully engages the talents of these remarkable musicians and a dream come true to see such a solid, dedicated, creative crew bring this music to life. One of these performers, every one of these performers, is filled with love, virtuosity, imagination, and passion. This book of music is a direct result of the healthy 
inspirational dynamic that can exist between composer and performer, and it is my sincere hope that the Bagatelles will continue to inspire and interest further generations of musicians who will be able to connect with this unusual book of music with a similar intensity. John Zorn. So, that's a mouthful, but that kind of goes on to um, give, from the artist's mouth, exactly what this project is all about. And we heard four very different artists, and all fantastic in their own right. That's the greatest thing about it. So, let's see. Let, let's just kind of go ahead and start delving into this. So, the very first track we heard was... And by the way, there are no repeats. There are no repeats in all 16 of these tracks. So, the very first track we heard was Bagatelle number 165. And that was performed by the Mary Halverson Quartet from the Bagatelles Volume 1. This features Mary Halverson on the guitar, Miles Okazaki on the guitar, Drew Gress on the bass, and Thomas Fujiwara slamming the drums. Just an intense, beautiful outing. Um, Mary Halverson uh, is just a, a shooting star. She is just like a rocket right now. Um, truly, truly uh, an individual voice that you know within just a few, you know, couple of notes is like, oh, that's Mary Halverson. And as while it's not, her style is not for everyone, it is instantly individualistic, which is so important in, in jazz and improvisational music. Um, but yeah, this is just some really fantastic stuff. Um, you know, Mary Halverson, every one of the artists um, have... Uh, their own little, like, shape behind their script B. And I can't describe it anything more than just, just to say that it almost looks uh, similar to those uh, Rorschach inkblot kind of sort of, of things because there's these beautiful little odd shapes and each uh, disc is in a different color scheme and things like that. And it's just, it's, it's vivid, it's wild, and it's wonderful. But another thing um, that I think is, is truly interesting is that each one of the artists on the inside flap of the discs get to say their piece uh, about performing, recording John Zorn's Bagatelles and working just with Zorn. And so I'm going to read these to you uh, just because I think it's very um interesting to hear from not only the the composer which we just heard his words uh, but from the artists themselves so mary halverson says that having the opportunity to perform john zorn's bagatelles has been one of the most inspiring and rewarding musical experiences i've had in the past decade initially when john asked me to put together a group to perform the bagatelles he sent me all 300 compositions and I had the chance to read through the whole book, choosing pieces as I went. It was pretty incredible to see all the ideas popping out of each page, each bagatelle having such a clear musical identity, yet, feeling, yet still feeling inevitably connected to the whole, as if each one were a puzzle piece. 
This sense only became stronger when I was a part of the subsequent Bagatelle's Marathon performances, watching dozens of bands interpret different pieces from the book, so different and yet fitting together into something unique and magical, a language all its own, the micro and macro visions becoming three-dimensional over the course of several hours. I have the deepest feeling of admiration for John's vision, focus, and energy in creating something truly one-of-a-kind with the Bagatelles. From day one, it has been a very special experience working with Miles Okazaki, Drew Gress, and Thomas Fujiwara on this music. These musicians are so excellent and focused, and the composition so strong that I often have a sense that the music is playing itself. Working with John, we came up with arrangements for each bagatelle to bring out the, the unique character and energy of each piece. Over the past few years, my quartet has performed this music many times, honing it as we go, and I'm so pleased that we finally had the chance to memorialize the bagatelles on this recording. A huge thank you to John, Miles, Drew, and Thomas for making it all possible. I hope you enjoy the music. And Mary, we certainly have, because that absolutely grooved you know, and it, it, what's wonderful is that it's a two guitar quartet and it, it's just amazing that the, the, the guitars kind of went into this like almost synthesizer ish sort of thing. And it was like the swirling cloud of sound before it kind of went back into the head. So yeah, love that. Love that. Now the second track that we heard, uh, was from volume two, which featured a dual cello album and on both cellos is none other than Michael Nicholas and Eric Friedlander. Eric Friedlander you may recognize that name as the cellist from the Masada String Trio and an artist in his own right no doubt we heard Bagatelle number 221 by Eric Friedlander and Michael Nicholas and what I wanted to say was it seems very reminiscent to me of the Filmworks Volume 11 or 12 uh, that had a lot of the, the strings in it. And Eric Friedlander was on one of those because I believe it was Volume 11 of the Filmworks series by John Zorn. It featured the Masada String Trio. But that kind of lyrical cello playing um, with other string accompaniment is just beautiful. And this, I think this worked out really, really well. Um, but what Eric Friedlander had to say about this was when John suggested that I arrange 10 or so of his bagatelles for cello duo to be performed with the exceptional cellist Mike Nicholas, I hesitated. Mike is a great player, and I knew working with him would be a groove. But my bias against most of what I had played in the multi-cello repertoire was turning me off from this, the project. When I checked out the music John sent me, though, I quickly saw that things would be different in the world of the Bagatelles. These pieces were varied, some as friendly as a cactus, others languorous and atmospheric. Some grooved, others exploded. It was going to take all of our skills to master these challenging works. I set to work arranging the Bagatelles. I saw places where we could increase the impact of a chord by adding open strings, or where an artificial harmonic provided just the right color change. I added very little. A pizzicato note, a harmony part, an octave displacement. Just enough to take advantage of what Mike and I could offer while preserving the integrity of the piece. Later, in rehearsal, 
Mike made suggestions, and we fine-tuned the arrangements. John used his familiar format when writing the Bagatelles, a single page on which two complete pieces are notated. The Masada books were all written using this layout, but the Bagatelles were not Masada pieces. Improvisation is an integral part of the performance for both, but unlike the Masada works, the language of the Bagatelles is modern classical. We needed to execute the writing like first-rate classical musicians and improvise like a couple of downtown veterans. We have been honing the Bagatelles for a few years now at numerous concerts here and abroad. Each concert, we got a bit better, a bit closer to the definitive version. Finally, in September of 2019, it was time to record and document all the work we've done together. We spent an exciting day at Octavin with Ryan Straber and made these recordings. Enjoy the cello bagatelles, Eric Friedlander. And yeah, it, hopefully you dug that too, but it was very atmospheric and um, for the, the, the piece you know that I chose. And that's the thing. It's, that's truly one of the hardest things about a podcast like this is choosing just one track out of an album full of great tracks. So um, kind of pretend this is your Bagatelle sampler, if you will. And I encourage everybody to go to uh, the website, which is Zodic, T-Z-A-D-I-K dot limited run, all one word, limited run dot com. And there you can purchase the box sets one, two, three, and four, each containing four discs, and it is well worth it. So, the third track that we heard in that set was Trigger. Now, Trigger is uh, a trio consisting of Will Green on the guitar, Simon Haynes on the bass, and Aaron Edgecombe on the drums, and they literally are were slamming the hell out of their instruments, and it just sounded raucous. And the bombasticity was through the roof, especially coming out of listening to a whole album of when I'm listening to this in order. When I came out of listening to a whole album of cello duets and then you put on Trigger, that's a wake up call. So the track that we heard by Trigger was Bagatelle number 211. And that is volume three. And this is what uh, Simon Haynes, uh, the bassist for Trigger, said. When John first sent us the Bagatelles in 2015, we had no idea what kind of journey we were about to embark on. And after spending the last five years working constantly and consistently on these pieces, striving to establish a unique discipline of improvisation rooted in the intricate molecular structures of John's compositions, we still find ourselves blown away by the evidence of what this music is capable of inspiring in ourselves and our fellow musicians who interpret the Bagatelles in their own way and in the audiences around the world who have witnessed our marathon concerts and performances. Our interpretation of the Bagatelles is centered on the idea of non-stop energy and motion. Influenced by hardcore, noise, and thrash metal, and elevated by the harmonic and melodic content of the compositions which join together to create a singular world of 300 distinct sonic environments. Environments which we take profound delight in exploring as there is constantly something new to discover. 
It is an extreme privilege for us that John Zorn has empowered our own musicality by channeling it through his work so deeply and effectively. By believing in us and entrusting his compositions to us, John has challenged us to push our interpretations toward the outermost limits of what we can imagine and far beyond what we thought ourselves capable of. An important lesson, which Zorn consistently demonstrates, is that these limits can always be pushed farther than anticipated if one is willing to truly commit themselves to the task. And that's by Simon Haynes, bassist for Trigger, and man, just fantastic. It's fantastic, just raucous music. And hopefully you dug that. And then lastly, we ended that set with Bagatelle number 79 by Iquemore. And Iquemore uh, is on solo electronics. And Iquemore has been a part of the downtown Zodic community for decades. And um, she took part in the Electric Masada group. Um, she has her own albums on the exotic label and she is just a fantastic and, and, um, I believe underrated musician, but Ikwe is fantastic. And, um, yeah, she was even on the hemophiliac trio with Mike Patton and John Zorn. And, and those are some incredible recordings. Uh, but we heard Bagatelle number 79 and Ikwe does 13 tracks on this album, all of solo electronics, and it's fantastic. And these are the words that Ikwe had to say. John Zorn's Book of Bagatelles is a textbook of musical creativity and is a great source of materials to work with. I learned a lot of arranging. I learned a lot arranging the bagatelles and the process of programming and manipulating the melodies, adding counterpoint, and then layering them into my own sonic language created a new kind of depth opening up many new paths and possibilities within my own musical vocabulary. The entire process of making this music and of participating in the Bagatelle's marathons was a total joy and gave me a big splash of inspiration. I started recording these 13 Bagatelles immediately after the European Bagatelle's Marathon tour in the summer of 2019. Building the program around the five pieces that I performed live at the marathons, each ensemble performed 15-minute sets. I tried to create a listening experience maximizing the widest variety of styles. I was thrilling <clears throat> to orchestrate these melodies using different tone colors, subtly finding variations, seemingly repeating phrases while actually slightly modifying them, having them flow back upon themselves and creating another sound world. Thinking of each piece like a short film soundtrack, I created intense moments and dramatic surprises, interweaving different grooves to create the illusion of phantom patterns. It was thrilling to program contrasting sections, like the precision of multiple cannons, with the abstractions of lush ambient soundscapes melding in and out. Like all the work I have done with John, working on the Bagatelles was really a challenge, but also a lot of fun. Equimori. And <clears throat> as a personal note, I would say that I really, really dug 
the entire disc by Ikwemori because it was so exploratory. And as she said, it was a totally different sonic landscape. And coming off of Mary Halverson to cello duets to a raucous, bombastic rock band and trigger to electronic soundscapes, it's just... It's a fascinating world that started to spin this spider web. And you're going to hear, as we go through a lot of these other sets, similar juxtapositions uh, of styles, all within the, the vast universe of this planet of, of, of 300 compositions of Zorns in the Bagatelle. So um, stick around. Don't go anywhere. We've got lots more of John Zorn's Bagatelles here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Well, variety is the spice of life, is it not? <laughs> oh, man. Four just awesome tracks there, you know. Um, and this comes from the second Bagatelle box set. Uh, this would be uh, discs volume 5, 6, 7, and 8. And the first, uh, well, it should also be said that this particular box has an intro, uh, an, uh, an more of an inner focus as well as just being a part of the Bagatelle scheme in that this box set features uh, keyboard players. So every one of these are artists that are featured are, are keyboardists in one you know, right or the other. And uh, let's go in order. So volume five, uh, we heard Bagatelle number 88 by the Chris Davis Quartet. And Chris Davis, she is a fantastic um, pianist and just so lyrical, so beautiful in, in, in the phrasing and the melodicism, especially with atonal music uh, like this. Uh, but it also is a testament to her, her backing band as well. And the rest of the Chris Davis Quartet is Mary Halverson, again, on the guitar, Drew Gress on the bass, and on the drums, the one and only Kenny Wallison. And you may have heard that name before, and rightly so, in association with John Zorn, because Kenny Wallison um, was... The sometime, very rarely, but the sometime drum substitute for Joey Barron and the original Masada Quartet. Kenny Wallinson also performed uh, at times with Electric Masada. He is also the drummer for the new Masada Quartet uh, with Jorge Roder and Julian Lage. And um, he is also the vibraphonist for the Gnostic Trio with Bill Frizzell and... Um, Carol Emanuel. So Kenny has done a lot of work. And then there's other things as well. You know what I mean? There's just no doubt about that. Um, the other albums of Zorns that Kenny's been a part of. So he is a stalwart in the downtown community and definitely within the Zodic community. Um, so this is a really stellar quartet. And um, Chris Davis is truly one of those uh, artists who are finally, you know, getting her due and is on a meteoric rise uh chris davis is also part of the new dave holland quartet that's going out and touring uh consisting of uh legendary bassist dave holland uh chris davis on piano jaleel shaw on the alto sax and the sheet weights on the drums as well so if you get a chance to go and hear the new dave holland quartet you should uh or if you get a chance to hear the chris davis quartet you should um, because she is fantastic. And these are the words that Chris Davis has to say in Volume 5 of The Bagatelles. I first met John Zorn in 2018 at the Sylvie Cavassier and Mark Feldman performance at The Stone. Shortly after, when I contacted John to congratulate him on this new project, he offered me an opportunity to put a band together and play The Bagatelles. From the book of 300 Bagatelles, I chose eight pieces as my repertoire and assembled an ensemble featuring Mary Halverson, Drew Gress, and Tyshawn Sori slash Kenny Wallison. Between 2015 and 2019, the quartet performed as part of Zorn's Bagatelles troupe around New York at venues such as The Stone, NYU, National Sawdust, and The Village 
Vanguard. We also presented the Bagatelles in prominent festivals across Europe and Canada. John and I became friends during this period, meeting regularly and discussing the constant evolution of the New York scene and our personal journey as artists. I was deeply moved by his great generosity towards artists on the scene, his love and devotion for the music, his actions supporting a thriving music community, his work ethic as a composer and performer, his savvy business practices, and the vision and scope of the Bagatelles project. By definition, a Bagatelle is a short piece of music, usually of a light, mellow character. True to description, John's Bagatelles are short, functioning much like the head of a jazz standard, wherein the musicians expand and extrapolate from the original material when improvising. The 300 Bagatelles share a common language. The melodies prominently feature tritones and chromatic intervals and certain, rhythms certain rhythm figures appear frequently throughout the collection. Of the 14 bands that perform the Bagatelles, this, consistently, this consistency in melodic intervals and rhythmic devices is the thread that holds the project together and provides continuity. From solo piano to electronics, from metal band to jazz quartet, each group in the Bagatelles provides a new lens through which observers experience the Bagatelles. For my Bagatelles Quartet, I wanted to provide structures serving as vessels for improvising. As a composer, I constantly return to the idea of blurring the scripted and the spontaneity, the spontaneous, and I've tried to produce this effect as the arranger, taking care to clearly state the heads of each Bagatelle before launching into these forms-slash-structures that lift elements of John's language. Before the performances, I spent the most time with the ballad number 88. That's the one that we heard to start out the set. Building a harmonic structure and voice leading around the melody. As John narrowed down the group's repertoire for the live shows, he cut almost all the ballads, but insisted number 88 remain in my group, expressing his enthusiasm for the ballad's performance and arrangement. I am grateful to John for the opportunity to play his music and learn from him, and equally grateful for his friendship, Chris Davis. And I think that's very <coughs> um, telling, and it also gives uh, a clue as to why I chose number 88 to go and start off the set. So, Chris Davis Quartet. Then we had a twofer by the fantastic pianist Brian Marcella who also was one of the, the artists featured in the Masada Book 2, The Book of Angels. And Brian gets two installments here. Uh, one with the Brian Marcella Trio, which features Brian Marcella, of course, on the piano, Trevor Dunn on the bass, and Kenny Wallinson on the drums. So Kenny's back. And on top of that, Trevor Dunn is on bass. Now, if you've heard the Alhambra love songs, you've heard Trevor Dunn. If you've heard the Phantomas group with Mike Patton, you've heard Trevor Dunn. Uh, if you've heard uh, Electric Masada, you've heard Trevor Dunn. Trevor Dunn is all over the Zorn universe and the downtown New York scene, uh, working with such legendary people as, as I said, Mike Patton, John Zorn, um... Yeah, Trey Spruance, all of those guys. Mr. Bongle, 
he he is in with them all. So Trevor Dunn is truly a master, and I absolutely love his playing. So um, for the Brian Marcella trio, we heard Bagatelle number forty-one, which is a bit lengthy, uh, but it's it's super meditative. It has this kind of drone-like figure that just goes on and on and on. And it's almost reminiscent of like a Coltrane drone. You know, it's very solemn. It's very, you know, it, it's got a very steady pulse to it, even though it's slower. And it's just one of my favorite bagatelles by Brian Marcella. Now, Volume 7 features Brian Marcella in a solo piano uh, format. It's just Brian Marcella, solo piano, no trio. And it, it, it's an exquisite thing. It really is. Because we heard uh, Bagatelle number 292. So almost approaching the end of the Bagatelle compositions, we heard solo piano, Brian Marcella, Bagatelle number 292. And rather than read two inscriptions from Brian, I'm just going to read the one from his solo album about John and the Bagatelle experience. And it says, the first experience with John Zorn's back, my first experience with John Zorn's Bagatelles was May 14th, 2015. That was the day I received the music for John Zorn's latest book of 300 compositions, The Bagatelles. That day was also the beginning of a journey that has transformed me in ways that I have couldn't have imagined. Upon looking through the charts, I was struck by the idea of performing them on solo piano. Many of the bagatelles seemed very idiomatic to the piano, and I really wanted to explore them in a solo setting. I asked John if he would be open to me doing a solo piano set. Every Sunday afternoon at the Stone, there was a different ensemble performing a set of bagatelles. John enthusiastically responded that he would love to hear me do a solo set and gave me a Sunday at the Stone. He promptly sent me a set of performance notes, which I took in complete earnest, and set out to put together a program. In choosing which bagatelles I was to perform, I considered two main ideas. One being variety, as there are numerous moods, characterizations, and architectural structures in these miniatures. And the other idea being that I wanted to set I wanted the set to be a complete statement that the pieces would be played without pause as a suite. This recording was conceived the same way, although there are a few additions to the original set. These are, the arrangements came from a simple point of view to deliver the music as exactly written on the page. No harmonizations, no liberties, no accompaniment of any kind unless written by Zorn during the exposition of the written material. The improvisations are extrapolations in a theme and variation style, but meant to blend seamlessly. My hope is that one cannot tell where the written material ends and the improvisation begins. I have a profound love for these compositions. Growing up, I straddled both the classical and jazz worlds, never fully committing to either. When I studied at the Peabody Conservatory, I was told I played classical music like a jazz pianist. When I studied jazz at the New School, I was told I played jazz like a classical musician. In the bagatelles of John Zorn, 
I felt like a circle in my life has been completed, that I have been made musically whole. I will always feel like these pieces were written just for me. Brian Marcella. So, yeah, this is a, a beautiful story and um, a lesson that, you know, John has always gravitated towards including the misfits, the musical misfits of New York, and I, I have a soft spot for misfits myself. But it's so wonderful and endearing to hear a story of Brian Marcella's that the jazz world thought he was too classical, the classical world thought he was too jazz, and then it he's kind of like this in-between misfit and Zorn's music is a perfect foil for someone like that. And I think that's just so beautiful. So, yeah. Hopefully you enjoy that solo piano version of Bagatelle 292. And then we ended with the raucous rock sounds of the John Medeski trio. And no, it's not Medeski, Martin, and Wood. That's not the trio. It's G. Calvin Weston on the drums, David Fujinski on the guitar, and John Medeski on the organ. We heard Bagatelle number 157, which ends the album uh, for volume 8 of the Bagatelles. Of course, John Medeski has uh, been a part of John Zorn's musical orbit uh, and community for quite a while. Um, they were on the Medeski Martin and Wood group were featured on uh, Bar Kokhba, I believe playing the song Nefesh, and it was a real swinging uh, piano thing. And John was really featured there. They were also featured on the Masada Anniversary Celebrations, Volume 2, Into the Wilderness, uh, playing Zyphum. Uh, they had their own album of the Book of Angels, uh, Zabos or Zybos, um, and yeah, and John has been a, an integral part of not only uh, Electric Masada, but the Simulacrum group on organ, and not to mention he has been part of the, the Song Project series, uh, that's just fantastic, beautiful pian piano stylings in that, um, he was also part of the Concealed album, among many, many, many others, um, yeah, and it, it's truly, uh, what is it, the, the Knights Templar albums. Yeah, and Sacred Blood and all that. That, that was some in, intense playing from him. Uh, so I, I really enjoy this new phase of John Medeski's playing with John Zorn, and it's just really fantastic. So, um, yeah, but Dave Fuzinski and John Medeski have went way back. They've done some duo albums. Uh, even when he was part of Medeski and Martinwood. So uh, this is what the great John Medeski has to say in Volume 8. One of the great honors, joys, privileges of my musical life is working with John Zorn. Always an adventure guaranteed to be exciting, mind-opening, challenging, intense, inspiring, and most importantly, fun. That has certainly been the case taking part in the evolution of the Bagatelles. I really feel like I have been there from the beginning as this music was developed. I feel part of it, and it feels part like of it feels like part of me something i imagine is shared by most of the other musicians involved this is the mark of a great composer music that finds a true place in many minds and hearts the idea of creating an epic book of tunes that can find different expression in a broad variety of styles depending on who is interpreting it is in 
and of itself an amazing undertaking. But what has been unique about this project for me is the sense of community it has nurtured. Performing the bagatelles across the globe with this diverse group of musicians has provided an opportunity for us to listen to each other, travel together, and hang out. If you want to get to know, really get to know someone, go on the road with them. I have learned about bands and gotten to know and love musicians I'd only heard of. Every concert, every set, every note has been inspiring. United through the exploration of this musical language that Zorn has created, we all have a sense of being part of something. Something profound and beautiful. That's what music is about. All in caps, that's. John Medeski. So, yeah, and it's definitely a grooving good time. It rocks. It's just awesome. There was, It was so hard to pick one track off of this album because this is one of my favorite out of the entire Bagatelles, the John Medeski Trio. And like I said, everyone should definitely check out all of these albums. You will not be sorry. Guarantee it. Um, quick PSA. Remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast. We are there. So if you know someone who would really dig this music, please pass it on to them. Remember, we are not here making a dime. In fact, we actually have to pay money to upload this stuff. So there's no merch. There's nothing like that. There's no, you know, please hit the subscribe button. There's no, no, there's none of that. What this is is just uh, almost like... Uh, if you will, you know, like an evangelical mission. I'm just trying to spread out good vibes of really good music that's out there. And I hope that you dig it. And I hope that you pass it on to other people as well. So I just have a love for this music. And I think that the world deserves to hear it. So it's my free karmic promotional for really great music and musicians and composers out there. So um, <clears throat> if you are trying to jot down things, etc., We've got all that information on our website. You get to see the track number, the artist, and what the album artwork actually looks like. So you don't have to jot anything down. We've already done that for you. And the address for that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast. D-R-J-A-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And there you can find out all that information and you can order these box sets yourself and enjoy them. Also... At the top of that page, you can click contact and then a, a blank box will appear in which you can craft an email and it will come right to me and I will respond. No, I, I do not take, uh, hey, I've just got this book coming out. Will you uh, review it for me? Hey, I've just got this new track out. Can I send you an MP3? No, 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 no. That's not what we do here. So send one just anyway if you like, but there's no guarantee that I'm going to promote it. Okay, so I'm here for the art and to just have a voice and to spread good vibes. Okay. So, but I would love to hear from any listeners that, uh, discovered something new or found something, or maybe you have a different favorite track from these bagatelles. I would love to hear your take. So write to me and I will write you back. Um, so yeah, that's the PSA. Please check out the website. And if you get a chance to write a positive review on Apple podcasts, we are so close to a perfect rating. It would really help us out. So enough talking for me. Let's get to our next set of John Zorn's Bagatelles here on the Dr. Janice Podcast.
Oh shit. That is just fantastic. Oh man. Oh man. I just love that 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 whole set of music and this third box set of the Bagatelles. It focuses with as the last one focused on keyboard players, this whole third box focuses on guitars. And uh, there, I, I love it for so many different reasons. So the first track that we heard was Bagatelle number 204, 204 by the Asmodeus Band, which features Kenny Grahowski on the drums, Trevor Dunn again on the bass, and one of my absolute favorite guitar players on earth, the great Mark Rebo. I just absolutely love Mark Rebo's guitar playing. And Bagatelle number 204 closes out the disc, and it's got that whole beautiful film noir vibe. There's so many projects that Rebo has performed with Zorn that that has that 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 exact film noir vibe to it, and it's just it's he's been in so many so many projects with Zorn. From the Dreamers to Electric Masada to the Filmwork series, um, Mark Rebo was also the one that performed the Book of Heads for solo guitar. Um, he he's just inextricably linked to so many Zorn projects, and I just love his guitar playing. And this particular Bagatelle, I believe, is the only Bagatelle out of all four boxes, sixteen discs, that kind of harkens back to that film noir uh, vibe that that he used to perform with Zorn on and it's just it's fantastic it, it's got that what do you call it it's almost like the Twin Peaks vibe you know and uh, hopefully you dug we started off the set with it and hopefully you dug it as much as I do especially if you listen to some Zorn music in the past so a word from um John Zorn uh, on this album. Mark Rebo didn't um, <laughs> did not write the, the the line of notes for this. John Zorn himself did, so it makes it a little extra special. And he says, Asmodeus is one of the most incendiary ensembles I've ever had. The music written for it has been varied, from exactly notated through composed works like Enigmata and Valentine's Day to more open and free-willing situations like the Masada Book of Angels and the Book of Bariah. Head arrangements that begin and end with a melody but allow plenty of room for open improvisation, often on the form of the tune. Asmodeus is usually programmed at the end of a three- or four-hour-long Bagatelles marathon, and for good reason. It is the ultimate climax. Mark is one of the most intense guitarists in the world. That is not to say he plays a lot of notes or uses a lot of effects pedals. Rebo's intensity comes directly from his fingers on the fingerboard, his pick on the string, with the guitar plugged into the amp. He doesn't need a ton of effects and can say more with one note than most musicians can say with an entire solo. I know because I usually sit right next to him when we perform together. His sound is something that I really enjoy being engulfed by. It's a deluge. Forget taking it to 11. Rebo takes it to 111. And his solos usually start where most players climax, taking the music to a place most musicians aren't even aware exists. 
It's no surprise that we share a love for the music of Albert Eiler, another musician whose tone holds an incredible amount of sonic and emotional power. Rebo is joined here by the only two players I know that can match his musical and emotional intensity. Trevor Dunn, the rock, who can do more on electric bass than any other player on the planet, and the ever-astonishing Kenny Grahowski on drums. With my crazy conducting techniques in full effect in this ensemble, Asmodeus is a musical experience unlike any other. John Zorn. I completely agree. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And if Zorn feels like that music is intense enough to be the climax of a three to four hour Bagatelle's marathon performance, then you know it's good. So, yeah, you should definitely check out that album. All right, after that, we heard Bagatelle number 61 by the guitar duo of Julian Lodge and Guillen Riley. Now, they've done a couple of duo albums. Uh, like uh, an installment for the Masada Book 3, the book Bariah, but they've also been uh, in wonderful company of a third guitar player for many albums, such as The Forked Path, Garden of the Forked Path, um, the the tribute to uh, the Saint, Francis, Saint, Saint Francis de Assisi, and many other works, and that guitar player would be Bill Frizzell. And they have a whole host of great, great guitar trio albums, um, and more coming from what I've read. But on top of that, even just Julian and Guillen together is a fascinating listen. So hopefully you dug Bagatelle number 61 by Julian Lodge and Guillen Riley. And they both have a little something to say um, about this. First, Guillen Riley says that the Bagatelles are truly remarkable. Unlike any music I've ever heard before, I was immediately struck by their simultaneous simplicity and breadth of complexity. At first glance, the music presented a myriad of arrangement possibilities. Yet, as I became more familiar with it, it felt very clear how best to present it on the guitar. So it became less about arranging it and more about just listening and letting it organically take shape. This music is a bounty of emotional expression. It has been an honor and pleasure to be a part of such a colossal project. This was the first time Julian and I had played together, so we were simultaneously getting to know this music while getting to know each other's playing and personalities. It's nothing short of pure joy to play with Julian. He is a hero to the world of guitar and a guiding light to all of us seeking to expand our imaginations on this ubiquitous yet enigmatic instrument. His technical mastery, endless fountain of improvisational ideas, and fearless freedom with which he joyfully expresses them is an inspiration to us all. Guillen Riley. And Julian Lodge says, Playing John Zorn's music is pure heaven. Shortly after we met, John and I began discussing what kind of musical project we could possibly do together. This led to him inviting me to perform The Bagatelles. My immediate feeling when he sent me the scores was that this music felt like second nature on the guitar. It called upon all of the orchestrational possibilities of the instrument while remaining nimble and spacious, allowing for improvisation within the language of the compositions. 
In so many ways, I felt like I was playing music for the first time. That felt like a convergence of everything I had dreamt of. It was virtuosic, daring, liberating, and spiritually uplifting. In addition to this music being a complete revelation to me musically, it was John's foresight that brought me and Gian Riley together to perform the Bagatelles. Gian is one of the greatest guitar players in the history of the instrument, and a truly sympathetic partner who inspires me to no end. Though we hadn't played before the Bagatelles, from note one, it was clear that there was something exciting about the duo and how it merged with the exhilaration of playing the Bagatelles. In arranging the music for two guitars, Gian highlighted the differences and similarities that are so compelling between the steel string acoustic and nylon string guitar. Through historically, though historically, these instruments occupy different spaces within the guitar world, the marriage of their tones creates something that is entirely balanced and invigorating, and something completely sympathetic to John's language. After our early performances of the Bagatelles at the Stone in New York City, we had the great privilege of touring this music. The Bagatelles bring out the best in everyone who is lucky enough to play them, and every performance of the Bagatelles has offered an opportunity to go even deeper into what seems like an endless world of musical possibilities. To play the Bagatelles is to feel free, and I couldn't be more grateful to share these recordings with the world. Julian Lodge. So... Very, very hip words. Very, very cool music. Uh, there is a definitive empathy between those two guitar players. And as I said before, it's not hard to find music that, that features the two of them or even the guitar trio, which also includes Bill Frizzell. Uh, the, um, there was an album also dedicated to uh, the bard, Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, called Midsummer Moons that features both Gian Riley and Julian Lodge, and I highly, highly um, recommend that album for you to check out as well. And don't forget, Julian Lodge is also the newest member of the new Masada Quartet with Kenny Wallison on the drums, Jorge Ritter on the bass, and John Zorn on the alto saxophone. So, uh... They ta tackle music from all three books, all 613 compositions within the Masada world. So if you'd like to hear a different side of Julian Lodge's playing, check out those albums as well. So the third song that we heard in that set was Bagatelle number 193, and it was performed by the Jim Black Quartet, which features, of course, Jim Black on the drums, uh, Simon German on the bass, uh, Keisuke Matsuno on the guitar, and also Jonathan Goldberger on guitar. There's 11 tracks on this. Um, it's really raucous. You know, I've heard Jim Black's Alas No Axis group, and I love that group. Um, specifically, uh, the Houseplant album. That's a great, great album. Um but and, and it features Chris Speed, who's another person who is in Zorn's you know musical community. But this is a completely different quartet, and uh, it's got teeth, and that's a wonderful thing, especially with this kind of music. So Jim Black's um, words for the inside of this disc says, um, "Jim Black Quartet was originally formed to be an improvising only band, an easy excuse to meet and play." 
Within months after forming, John approached me to have one of my bands perform a select number of his new 300 Bagatelles compositions. Knowing my bandmates are eternally curious and hungry for new music, I asked if they were up for the challenge, which they accepted in a heartbeat. John is obviously a living legend and a sonic innovator for many generations of musicians, and an opportunity to work with one of your heroes is always an honor. I was pretty much raised on John's compositional output, so perhaps I imagined too many combinations of scenarios and or possible improvisational strategies to take with the Bagatelles. Fortunately, John offered to rehearse us on the music, which in the end was crucial to capturing the essence and approach for each of the pieces. What was very enlightening, and necessarily so, was to see how he envisioned approaching the Bagatelles like standard songs, in the manner where you perform the melody and then improvise based on what the song offered, a standard approach, but when you have songs that are loaded with so many great ideas and information, it literally begs the players to really create, improvise, and P-L-A-Y play. These compositions completely transformed this band. After the initial meetings, we were able to dig deeper into the vibe of each composition, respecting each piece note for note, while imagining how the pieces could finally be realized. My bandmates, Jonathan Goldberger, Keisuke Matsono, and Simon German, put many hours of time and thought into learning to play each of the compositions to ultimately create music that resonated with us as a band, and hopefully the composer as well. Many thanks to John, and thank you for listening. Jim Black. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely sympathize with Jim Black in that, you know, a lot of my uh, mid to late musical development was highly influenced by John Zorn and his variety, his versatility, and all the different styles that he is very comfortable writing and performing in. So... I would kind of probably have been the same way if I'd had a quartet and yeah, I got the opportunity to work with Zorn. He would probably have to come and study that ship because I'd want to go in 3,782 directions at once. Um, so (laughs) I totally get where Jim Black's coming from and, and kudos to the Jim Black quartet. I really dug that track. Now we ended the set with Bagatelle number 229 by a band called Cleric. <clears throat> and this is volume 12 of the Bagatelles. And Cleric is Matt Hollenberg on the guitar, Daniel Ephraim Kennedy on the bass, and also plays second guitar on some tracks, but the bass on the track that we heard. Um, Larry Quart- Quartowitz on the drums, percussion, and war drums, and Nick Schellenberger on the voice keyboards he also plays guitar on some tracks war bass on other tracks war drums and percussion on other tracks um on the track that we heard which is number 229 uh he is just on the vocals so we have guitar bass drums vocals and the vocals are much in the style of the Yamantica Eye, uh, kind of Naked City, hardcore screaming vocals. And 
there are so many things that is just really stick out to me. Like they'll get mellow and they'll kind of delineate their sound as a, as a whole band and then pop. And it just sounds like banshees and apparitions like ghosts coming out of their amplifiers. And it's so eerie yet intense at the same time. It just gives me goosebumps and I absolutely love it. So hopefully you got that vibe too on that last track. Um, But this is what Matt Hollenberg from Cleric had to say. One of our favorite things about working on Zorn compositions is that it always pushes us to try things we wouldn't otherwise and we wouldn't otherwise and to approach the process through a new lens. For our contribution to the Masada songbook, we placed a newfound emphasis on improvisation in a more traditional sense than we do in our own music. But outside of that, the arrangements mirrored our natural style in many ways. The result was a relatively small collection of mostly long and sprawling songs that made use of the themes presented to us in as many ways as we could fit into a piece. When we were asked to delve into the bagatelles for this recording, we were presented with a very different challenge. Tackle 19 songs and under 40 minutes of music. Anyone that's familiar with Cleric knows that two-minute songs are not really our forte. So, from the start, we knew this would be a new and possibly trying experience. With that in mind, we decided to push the newness even further by recording and mixing ourselves for the very first time, and by toying with an assortment of instrumentations. Once the songs were selected, with some suggestions from John, we set about deciding who would play what on which tracks and sketched out some rough arrangements to use as a starting point. Beyond that, much of what you'll hear on this recording was a product of spontaneity and rapid-fire collaboration while the tape was rolling. A great many decisions, both sonic and structural, were made completely on the spot, and the large majority of the performances were cemented in the moment. Add that to a call. Add that. Add to that a call from John for vocal improv and effects, and the result is something we've never heard ourselves do before, and that we're tremendously proud to present. Matt Hollenberg. So, I agree. Cleric is not known for their shorter songs, but they were part of the book Bariah, the Masada Book 3, and very interesting sounds on that. Really got my attention, and then this is a completely different sound from the same band. So, I highly suggest it. Again, if you want to order this stuff, um, these box sets for yourself, let me tell you, go to Zodic. T-Z-A-D-I-K dot limited run dot com. And there you can find out all the information on ordering all four of these box sets because they are fantastic. Um, yeah, so quick PSA again. Don't forget, you can find the Dr. Jazz podcast with all this info on our website, which is Podcast dot wordpress dot com and there you can find out all the info in the order in which it's played for this and every episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Plus you can write to us by clicking contact at the top of the page. Also, where wherever you find your podcast, so please spread the love around if you know someone who would dig this kind of music, this kind of versatility, this kind of genius mind who composes stuff like this, such as John Zorn. So 
uh, enough talking from me. We've got one last set for you. Hopefully you've dug this show so far. I know that we have. It's a very special show, and it's a very special project. So thank you for sticking with us. Let's get to this last set of The Bagatelles from John Zorn here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
you held on to your you know your kneecaps for that one because oh my god yeah so okay let's take it in order the very first thing that we heard there was bagatelle number 261 and it is the last track on volume 13 by the speed arabagon quartet which features john arabagon on the tenor saxophone chris speed on the tenor saxophone, the great Christian McBride on the bass, and Chess Smith on the drums with none other than our dear composer, John Zorn, on alto sax on that one track. That is the only track out of all 300 tunes that I believe Zorn plays on. So, um, an incredible, incredible group. An incredible sound. Of course, Chris Speed has been uh, a member of the the downtown community for years, uh, providing great, beautiful clarinet playing. Uh, besides what we heard here on his tenor sax playing, he was one of the great clarinet players featured on the Bar Kokba album. Um, so there you go. Uh, Christian McBride was part of the group uh, with Craig Taborn. And Tyshawn Sori uh, for the book two, Book of Angels uh, edition, which was uh, Flaga, volume 27. That's right. And um, yeah, he's kind of new to the Zorn community, but oh my God, Christian McBride is such a stalwart in the jazz world. I mean, he's everywhere. So who doesn't love some Christian McBride? And Chess Smith is part of the Ceramic Dog uh, Trio with uh, Shazad Ismaili and Mark Rebo and has performed on quite a number of more recent Zodic projects by the great John Zorn. So here's what Chris Speed and John Arabagon had to say. Chris Speed says, Flying home to L.A. after this session, I was both exhausted and relieved. It was one of the fastest I can recall, along with the earliest start time. Playing with the great John Arabagon was exhilarating, and the spirit of the session felt true. We each had approached this with the right amount of preparedness and brought some good energy to go full tilt on the music. Of the 15 bagatelles we had prepared, we ended up recording 12 of them. After a quick run-through or talk-through, we would roll tape. Most of these are first takes, and in fact, number five was our first time playing together. 
the level that these guys are at is off the charts and it was shocking how intense and real the music was from the get-go it is always inspiring to work with Zorn one of the singular icons of creative music in, in, in New York City since the 1970s, and his book of Bagatelles is a challenge. Naughty, fractured bursts of unpredictable rhythms and awkward lines that don't lead you necessarily to clear skies, but offer a portal into a darker, denser world that takes some armor to enter. Fragments and lines that take an effort to execute, let alone how to take them into the, a convincing zone. Herein the challenge, making them personal and then executing clear musical statements that serve the music. Working alone can only get one so far. Luckily with John, Chess, and Christian, the possibilities opened up. The camaraderie of getting together for the first time with the sole purpose of making good, intense music helped drive the session. Enjoy the results. And then John Arabigon says, the entirety of John Zorn's bagatelles are fascinating, challenging, and extraordinary. The dozen pieces we were blessed to record open up a world of a very specific vocabulary and atmosphere while still allowing these incredible musicians to be completely themselves. It was an absolute pleasure making music with these masters. We were able to simultaneously create arrangements and, at times, blow them up and go wherever the spirit took us. The mood in the studio contained energy, enthusiasm, risk, boldness, warmth, vitality, and love, just like the pieces. You'll hear the variety of directions the compositions lend themselves to, and you'll hear the breadth of history, present and future, in the playing by everyone here. There are several magical moments, serene beauty, laugh-out-loud audacity, ESP between the quartet, that we are fortunate enough to have fortunate to have caught on record and present to you. This was one of the most enjoyable sessions I have been a part of and one that I am extremely proud to have participated in. Thank you to Chris, Christian, Chez, and John, and I look forward to work forward to further explorations with everyone involved. John Arabicon. So yeah, it's some intense music, but beautiful, beautiful music. Um after that, we heard the solo work of Peter Evans on trumpet and piccolo trumpet. We heard Bagatelle number 250. And if you've never seen Peter Evans perform, it's truly a marvel. You, should, you owe it to yourself to uh, go see Peter Evans re like perform. It, it's something special. So Peter Evans says that the recording session that resulted in this album was my third time coming to Eastside Sound for John Zorn. There are some remarkable similarities to the previous visits, mainly the, mainly the highly unusual combination of intense focus and fun. There's a palpable sensation in the recording studio of a discovery, in the recording studio of discovery, coupled with a serious imperative to sculpt a truly compelling finished product. This all happens in the service of the music and Zorn's compositional vision is so strong that it is able to withstand and incorporate this process. As a solo performer who mainly plays my own music, this journey with the Bagatelles has been like a trip to a new environment where old tools must be refashioned or even discarded in order to make sense of my surroundings. The logic and aesthetic of the work as a whole, which I had heard, which I heard much of during our European concerts in 2019, speaks to the individual pieces in several ways. 
And in this regard, my Bagatelle's experience has additionally been very interesting as a composer. From this perspective, it seems that within the general parameters Zorn set himself for the project were, intro were introduced several subgenres of Bagatelles which exist harmoniously inside the total environment. This injects the challenge of improvisation with nuance, the possibility of actual style, different idiomatic directions, and various technical languages of improvisation all the while maintaining an aesthetic unity and allowing for the free exploration of sound. As always, this invitation from John to perform and record his music was a welcome and inspiring challenge. Looking forward to the next, Peter Evans. So, fantastic, fantastic music by Peter Evans there. Highly chromatic um, that we heard that kind of these tritone intervals and these chromatics were definitely a part of the main musical DNA of these Bagatelle compositions. And we definitely heard those snaking chromatic lines on the trumpet, courtesy of Peter Evans. The next Bagatelle we heard, next to last, was Bagatelle 161, and it was performed on volume 15 by the Ben Goldberg Four, which features... Thomas Morgan on the bass, and you may have heard that name because he performed a couple of duo tracks with the great Bill Frizzell. Yeah. Uh, Jorge Roder on the bass as well. Two basses. Um, Jorge Roder is the bassist for the new Masada Quartet. Craig Taborn on the piano, and Ben Goldberg on the clarinet. Um, yeah, some beautiful sounds coming from the clarinet definitely had a much more of a modern classical uh, tinge to it considering that we heard all these tones and these um, intervals on a clarinet and this is what Ben Goldberg has to say and by the way Ben Goldberg has some fantastic albums um, for Zodic and for even he has an addition in the Book of Angels the Masada Book 2 series um, his quartet was volume 15 yeah right here it is uh, ball b-a-a-l and uh, it's it's totally different than this it's a much more of a funky rock sort of thing um, but this is what Ben Goldberg has to say John Zorn's bagatelles are many things brilliant elusive solid mysterious temperamental all at once and very specifically one thing that they aren't is easy to play not just on the clarinet but in the world the bagatelles are a well constructed room and even if invited admittance in my experience requires study diligence and a certain kind of faith that's why I gave myself 18 months 18 months as a year and a half to learn the pieces on this record the technical demands embody a spiritual preparation necessary to see and hear Zorn's vision. John and I envision the orchestration as an echo of the great Jimmy Jufri. Clarinet, piano, and hey, how about two basses? In fact, it was at John's house in 1992 that I was first introduced to Jufri's work. Of course, Craig Taborn on piano. We knew we were onto something when we invited both Jorge Roder and 
Thomas Morgan, but as you can hear, the actual sound of these two working together evokes a universe about which much more needs to be discovered. The recording came together like a dream. John's compositions, with their diamond-hard specificity and technicolor exuberance, turned a wheel in the imagination, and from then on, our job was to hold on tight and keep listening for the beautiful pathways that opened before us. When I listen to this music, I want to know more. I hope you will find something in there as well. Ben Goldberg. Fantastic, fantastic music. Mm, love it. Absolutely love it. So, the last installment that we heard was by none other than the great Sam Eastman. And that closed our set with Bagatelle number 198. Now, that clock's in at slightly over 11 minutes. Slightly over 11 and a half minutes. But in that musical journey, it sounds like a spy thriller... And it, it, all of these, these eight tracks sound like novels. They do not sound like short stories. They do not sound like um, a medium-sized book. They sound like musical novels. So kudos to Sam Eastman for creating all of these spectacular arrangements. And all of the musicians involved on this, which is so, so many. Um, Chris Williams on alto sax, Asha Parkinson on the tenor sax, Emma Rowich on the tenor sax, Mick Foster on the berry sax, Noel Langley on the trumpet and flugelhorn, Charlotte Keefe on the trumpet and flugelhorn, Tom Breyers on the tuba, Moss Freed on the guitar, Ollie Chalk, on the piano, Fergus Quill on the bass, Alastair Pennington on the drums, and one of the main folks who were very showcased in that track, trombonist Joel Knee. And of course, Sam Eastman, besides being the arranger for this session, was the conductor. So, it was actually uh, recorded by Mark Urselli in September of 2022 in London and then later mixed at Eastside Sound in New York City. So, yeah, super cool there. And this is what Sam had to say. Where I live, in a gray, grimy, and unremarkable part of West London, there's a flock of wild, rose-ringed green parakeets. They fly past my balcony twice a day filling the sky with an iridescent and vivid shock of emerald, starkly contrasting against the nondescript backdrop. Their grace and vibrancy are incongruous amongst the drab and decaying buildings, a vivid and exotic flash of beauty in an undeserving world. John Zorn's bagatelles occupy a similar place in my consciousness, a vibrant, shocking flash of incandescent beauty, 300 compositions, all distinct, all different, all connected. A dazzling mosaic of inf infinite variations, at once gnarly and nimble, dexterous and delicate, sharp angular lines contrasting with hammering, pounding motifs. Jaw-clenchingly crunchy harmonies juxtaposed with warm, lush, luxurious lagoons. A world of composition with endless possibilities. 
I could marvel at for an eternity. Arranging John Zorn's Bagatelle started, for me, with putting a band together in my head, convening an ensemble of inspiring collaborators who could handle these meticulous and intricate lines and talk with each other in this language. I had no preconceptions of lineup or configuration. I envisaged this band as a small guerrilla chamber unit, flexible and responsive, capable of myriad combinations, infinite variations, and of inhabiting a vast array of different sonic landscape, differing sonic landscapes. As I immersed myself in the book, I heard Zorn's lines in the voices of these musicians, imagining settings in which I could create situations for conversations and explorations, hearing arrangements that flowed organically from one place to another. The band emerged out of that process, of my excitement of hearing this music played by these people. The arrangements grew out of the limitless possibilities that these compositions and this group inspired. It is a deep and humbling honor to be entrusted with John Zorn's compositions and to offer a small contribution to his magical world. I am eternally grateful. Sam Eastman. And I will say that Sam's arrangements, not only for this disc, but also for the Spike Orchestra, uh, that he was able to be a part of with the Masada Book 2, Volume 26, Cerberus, um, not to mention the volume in the book Bariah, Volume 3, Bina, with the Spike Orchestra, um, has been incredible. Not to mention his own, his own albums uh, on Zodic. And so you should definitely check out Sam Eastman, the Spike Orchestra, and this album, The Bagatelles Volume 16. It's just fantastic. And hats off to Sam, to Ben Goldberg, to Peter Evans, and to Chris Speed and John Arabagon, um, as well as all the rest of the musicians that we've mentioned. Fantastic work. Thank you to John Zorn for being inspired to write 300 bagatelles and share them with the world uh, in a very prismatic way with these fantastic musicians. So that's the end of the web, uh, the, the podcast here. And uh, hopefully you have dug this music and uh, hearing these artists thoughts. I figured rather than me talk uh, with my own bloviating, I might as well give you the artists point of view. Uh, for each of the box sets. I figured that that holds a lot more weight than anything I really have to say. So hopefully you didn't find it too redundant and you, you found it enjoyable to not only hear the words of, but the arrangements of John Zorn's Bagatelles through these fantastic musicians. So uh, thank you all so, so, so much for listening. Uh, we are nothing without you and hopefully you dug it. Uh, in the famous words of the great Duke Ellington, you are very beautiful, you are very gracious, you are very kind, and we do love you madly. So, until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust. <laughs>